We are back for episode, Adam? 21. 21. Movie 20. I mean, uh, I almost thought it was going to line up in our original chronology before I messed with it. This was actually going to be Die Another Day, which was going to be the only one that fell in the original chronology, but we messed up. So anyway, welcome back to Bon Voyage. I'm Rob. I'm Adam. And our guest again today is Adam's pal from the West Coast, Billy. Yes, that's me. Yeah. Prince Edward Islander on another island. Oh, are you on Vancouver Island? I thought yep. you were in Victoria for some reason. Yeah, Victoria's at the bottom of Vancouver Island. Oh. How's my British Columbia geography? <laughs> I have been here for a couple of years and people just keep casually referencing all of the islands that are around here. And right. I, I've just been nodding. I'm sure at some point I'll get them. I'll be like, oh yeah, I recognize yeah. that's a name of an island here. Uh, nice. Refresh my memory. Which one were you on for? Uh, yeah, we did, uh, Octopussy. Octopussy. Of course. And you guys both had fun with that one. That one was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. You're back for another blast. Oh, amazing. The world is not enough tonight. Have you seen that one? I have not. Oh, that's exciting. Two Have you seen or thought about Bond since the the last podcast? (laughs) Um, I've been, I, I've been on a big, uh, Indiana Jones kick. Uh, hmm. and it, uh, it's the second Indiana Jones movie where it seemed like they really tried to make him more like Bond, uh, straight up right with lifting the white tux with the yeah. red corsage and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's so many Bond nods in that one. Actually like Octopussy, they go to the jungle, there's the elephants, there's a chase through the jungle. Yeah. Uh, I, I had never really thought about the connections between adventure movies, but like they, they, Gosh, you you must think that people making action movies and adventure movies must love other action and adventure movies. So it's it's neat to see some of those connections, but how it's so distinct. They legit, there is a story, I forget where I heard it, but Spielberg wanted to do a Bond film. The oh. Cubby, Cubby Broccoli said, this kid's not going anywhere or he's not ready because he had just spent... Jaws was a success, but it was chaos. They went way mm-hmm. over budget and it stressed him out. So he didn't want to give it to him. And then he and George Lucas got together to do Indiana Jones, the American James Bond, basically. So instead of a spy, he's a professor. But yeah, still a classy hero. He travels around the world. They shoot on locations. Yeah, very, very similar. Always a big hench person. Except they, they delve always into a little bit of science fiction where Bond never does. No, I yeah, yeah Bond has always seemed like really grounded, still like cutting edge technology, but right. it's n- n- none of the mystical. I like to say into. it takes place six months in the future. Oh, yeah, that's a good. Like hmm. a, a Bond movie takes place six months ahead of where it was released. Mm-hmm. There's like the minimal amount of hypotheticals. Right. It's never too. He is out of this world. He's a character that doesn't really exist, but he's not supernatural, except in his ability to not get hit by bullets and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And get re- really, really lucky sometimes. But there's no like, there's no villain that can rip the heart out of men's chests. And, no. you know. The arc isn't real in the James Bond world. It's it's spy shit instead of uh, mythology. 
Yeah. I was trying to imagine a Canadian version of this type of character. And I really did think that like the name Nova Scotia O'Neill is just <laughs> I like it. Too ridiculous as a direct nod to Indiana Jones. But I but I can't think of a like a Canadian Well, a Canadian yeah. could be Bond. It's yeah, that's true. Because the Queen's on my definition anyway, and I think I'll, I'm lifting this from someone else too. Uh, if the Queen's on the money, you can be Bond. Because they've had an Australian, a Welshman, Scottish, and an Irish, and two English people. So why mm. not a Canadian? If an Aussie can, a Canadian can. That'd be a that'd be a great campaign, a great push from the Canadian mm. Bond fans. Is Although I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough uh, Canadian actors. Uh, the maybe. only one that consistently comes to mind, and I would hate it because I don't like him, is Ryan Gosling. Whoa. He's Canadian. He Ryan Gosling bad. is. Ryan Gosling. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I immediately went to the notebook and thought, like, that's too sensitive. No, more drive. Drive, yeah. But that's, that's one that, yeah, that was a great tougher character action drive in vibe. la la land where he's a bit more of a harsh lover so he'd be a cross between like raji and sean connery i think he doesn't have the brute strength of daniel craig could ryan reynolds too but he's in everything so he's too famous yeah and then suddenly bond would like what I guess it, you get some hammy moments where he says lines that are basically a wink to the camera. Um, oh, you wait. But oh, Ryan, you wait. Oh, is there a lot to look <laughs> look forward to uh, this in is, this one? Oh, yes. Not as much as had you join us next week for Die Another Day, but this one, yeah, there's, there's a lot. I can't wait for you. I wish we were watching this one together, Adam. You're going to laugh out loud several times, I think. Oh, you think so? Yes. Um, Hmm. Keanu Reeves is Canadian, kind of, right? Neo and Bond, eh? He's a little old now. He's and got John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen any uh, Brosnan Bonds, Billy? I have seen, yeah, I have seen Die Another Day, which is Brosnan? Hmm. Yes. That's Brosnan's last one, yeah, that's 02. Have you seen Goldeneye or played the video game, perhaps? It definitely <laughs> played the video game, but... Di- Die Another Day is the only one that I can remember knowing that it was Piers Brosnan. Like I, I right. th- there was a big chunk of time where I wasn't paying attention to who the Bonds were. Fair enough. <laughs> Adam, where's your excitement level at? Uh, I'm pre- I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Uh, I'm not too tired today, so you had like two thirds of a day instead of a full day. Lots yeah. of time off this afternoon. You've been enjoying. It's not- Brazi. Yeah. Yeah. Brazi's fun. It's all, it's all good. We're cruising now. Yeah. We're down to only four after tonight. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I mean, four plus no time to die, of course. Uh, so where do we leave Bond in our chronology? In the actual chronology, this one is Brosnan's third. It's 1999. Tomorrow Never Dies was a pretty big hit. Everybody loves him. But two years after Austin Powers, the Spy Who Shagged Me, I think, also comes out this year. And yeah. they're getting a little... like So, International Man of Mystery came out in 97. So, the parody of Bond and actual James Bond, you know, the Venn diagram is almost a perfect circle. It's getting way too close. So, this is the, uh, 
a moment where they're starting to check themselves. I think this is, we're not quite there yet, but from what I remember, it's starting to, I don't know, get a little silly. Hmm. I mean, a lot of them have been silly. So what am I talking about? But it's a different kind than with Raji. It's a good time. <laughs> okay. It, it is definitely a good time. Oh, the other big thing. It's uh, Desmond Llewellyn's last. It's Q's last. I saw there's John Cleese in it as R. Yes. Quote, unquote. They attempt. He's in two. They attempt to introduce him as like the Q replacement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, attempt so it doesn't, doesn't stick. N- no. <laughs> now I'm just expecting him... Uh, to to be like the the frustrated pet shop owner and just really stern in in that intense way when he's serious. Yeah. Unless oh, you wait. Unless it's going to be it, zany. Oh my gosh. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, anyway, this isn't Q's last in our chronology. He, I think he's yeah he is in a view to a kill, but this is the last originally, and he didn't die of old age. That poor bastard died in a car crash. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, he died testing one of his awesome vehicles. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah, pretend that happened. Yeah. Uh, oh. I'll save that for when we're wa- I just thought of something cool, but I'll wait. There's a lot of cool little Easter eggs to look out for from the old movies, Adam. See if you can pick up on any. Okay. And uh, this time around, should we let Billy try the summary again? Or? Uh, Ooh, I don't know. I, I can exercise restraint. <laughs> I was trying to think if I could do it as quick as Cat did. Like in the shower after work, I was trying to think, can I do this one in two lines? I was trying to remember it from last time I saw it. Uh, yeah, give it a shot. I, I do like the idea of a, of a constraint where, like, I, I want to summarize it in two sentences. Right on. Um, with, yeah, without it being a run-on nonsense. It's not nonsense. It was a great, thorough... Uh, <laughs> detailed summary last time. Yeah, just a different format. That's totally fine. It works. There are no rules yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Well, shall we watch? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Excellent. Well, we'll talk to everybody in a few seconds. not enough billy first thoughts uh you said it would be a blast and it absolutely was um and oh it was so much nicer to follow than octopussy um (laughs) just i i was yeah character motivations were really interesting there was a lot of brooding uh cool stunts or just like 
unique takes on certain fights and, and spaces. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. Adam? Yeah, it was great. It was great, man. Very good. Mm. Uh, my first thought is this is definitely not as good as Goldeneye. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> fucking mood killer. Sorry to bring it back down. <laughs> Not to say I didn't have fun, but I don't know what I was thinking on that last watch through. Goldeneye's the better movie. This is still a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. And I might still rather watch this than Goldeneye, but it is not better than Goldeneye. There are so many mm. problems with this movie, but <laughs> I like it a lot. Don't get me wrong, but it is not better than Goldeneye. I can't believe I placed it higher than Goldeneye for like a year of my life. What was I thinking? I think it's kind of, it's kind of on par for me. I think at least. Well, we can get into it. It's yeah. It's just not as good. It's, it's so much thinner. Like there's no, I don't know, real drama. Maybe it's just my mood. I don't know. Everything, it, it felt like a carnival or something. Like so if you, uh, the world is not enough is not enough? <laughs> yeah, it's not enough. It, <laughs> I wrote down, my first first thought was just like, I forget what I wrote. I think it was the casino scene. I was like, this just sucks. Like, it's not substantial. We're going <laughs> to we're, we're gonna play high. We're going to play high card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not Shemana like, Fair. Not, not Black yeah, Jack. High card. High card. Th that's it. Yeah. And they kind of, ooh, it's really intense. We're going to bury two cards. And we're like, they act like it's still sophisticated. But we're a 90s audience now. So we don't really need anything. We just need to pretend that it's sophisticated. I think that was... A bit of a tell that she's not, you know, she's not really trying to keep her money. Like that was so like more obvious later. Exactly. But not, but too obvious. It's handholding shit that I hate in Bond. Like it's obvious. It's such a tell. Like anybody watching can then tell that she's just giving her money away. Otherwise it's such a nothing. Like if you, if, if you're not reading more into it, it would just be a very nothing bland scene as if they right. just they needed to show off a secret casino space even though there even though there really wasn't much going on with it 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 did stick out like a sore thumb to just and and, and i think suspicion could have been played with um in a more intriguing way than bond saying hey don't draw the from the top of the deck you you just yeah, can't help right, protecting right. me can you yeah. Or whatever the hell quip he had there. Yeah, they. I agree that at least it was uh, plot development. Like there was something more going on. But in other Bond films, it would have done more creatively. It would have been done more creatively. It would have been at least an interesting game with the dealer being in on it, stacking the deck or something. I, I don't know. It's just. I don't know. I think in other Bond films, it might have been better. And then in other other Bond films, it would be much worse. Totally. So. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. This one is a feast for the eyes. I, I love it. <laughs> He's in peak form for sure. Man, he, yeah. he looks good. He's so cool. Like, I do love it. And I'm barely ever bored in this movie. It's mm -hmm. it's it's definitely really good. It's just like I said, it's thin. And I said this about Goldeneye last week, like you can't really read much into it. It just is what it is. It's a nineties spy flick. This one is even more. So it's a late nineties spy flick with a little bit of mission impossible and Austin powers thrown in it. Like there's no depth. 
Nothing. They really highlight that when uh, they reference the Millennium Bug. Yes. Uh, that (laughs) is just a great bow on the... Yeah. A bow on the fact that it's like, yep, end of the 90s. Yeah. I feel like there's something to that of it's... Maybe I don't. Th- I feel like it's not thin. It's almost like it's very surface level, That's but the what surface I mean is, is is thicker. If, <laughs> if that makes any sense, it's like it's like the chocolate coating, but it's a thick chocolate oh, coating shit. with it's less like, underneath. It's like a fish and chips that's all batter and no fish, but that batter is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> I I feel like some of the other ones. Like, cause, okay, just jumping into stuff a bit, but like one of the things I found in this one was like the villains had a lot to their story. There was a lot of tragedy. There's a lot of character arc to it. All the, the villain stuff for, just for example, for other people as well in the the movie, where in other ones like Goldfinger, it's like, yeah, he really loves gold. (laughs) So when you try to say this one's thin, like it's not quite that simple. Yeah, I guess you're, you know, you're not wrong. And that is why I loved it previously, was how awesome Regina King is. Sophie Merceau is fucking incredible. And Renard is like one of the saddest hench people villains ever in the mm-hmm. whole series. The villains carry this movie. They they lend it a lot of weight that's missing from the heroes. <laughs> but in case people listening uh, have no idea what we're talking about because they haven't watched this movie in a while, we haven't done a summary. Right. Nobody even knows what we're talking about. Billy, take it away. I bef- I do have I did write down two sentences, but you just said Regina King. Electra King? Electra Who's Regina King? Regina King's the actress. I knew, I I even wrote down Electra King. Regina King's an actress. And uh yeah, make fun of me. Hey, no, I just <laughs> I just if that had been something I had missed the whole time, I was like, then where would I have gotten Electra from? No, it's de- Electra is definitely more of a uh, yeah. Bond name. Yeah. Regina King's the woman from uh, Watchmen most recently, but she's in a ton of things, leftovers, and she's huge history. Uh, my bad. <laughs> Since the summary that I wrote out um, has the name right, try to follow these two sentences. Okay. okay. The head of an oil company that's about to complete an 800 mile pipeline through the Middle East is killed, and MI6 suspects. The terrorist who'd previously kidnapped his daughter, Electra King, it was behind it. So that's the first that sets, sets things up. And then Bond is sent to protect Electra, who has been working with one of the beloved terrorists to kill her father, frame rival Russian oil interests, and nuke Istanbul to avenge her mom's company. And to, yeah, man, you nailed it. I don't think I, there's no way I could have done that. Well done. (laughs) No, that basically is it. That that's awesome. It's clunky, but those, all those kind of reveals and the intrigue of it. It's, I, I felt like I couldn't just say, well, yeah, what was Bond's mission? Go protect her. But then it's revealed how much she's behind everything. I mean, Mm. what you just did was what we, Oh, we should have intended for the summary thing. It's just to let people know what the story is, because as we've said repeatedly, these movies aren't about the plot, aren't about the story. It's about the twists and the intrigue and the lines and the gadgets mm-hmm. and the scenes and, or, and the sets and the stunts and the locations and yada, yada, yada. But that is, yeah, that's perfect. That's This one is one of the more, 
it's pretty high stakes. Istanbul is a big city. Mm. And I don't know how many times Bond has been there at this point. He's actually coming back two movies from now in a, in a pre-title sequence. He, he's in Istanbul a lot. Uh, but yeah, compared to some of the other missions, this isn't a huge one, right? Just protecting oil interests and saving one city. Yeah. yeah, I expected I expected there to be uh, more of a global threat, especially with nukes involved. Yeah. And and yeah. and the title "The World Is Not Enough." The the uh, yeah, I I wrote Family in the word motto. I wrote flaming trippy women and kaleidoscopic oil wells for the title sequence, and there were a bunch of fireballs, and I guess that. That was reflected in the movie by so many explosions, but it, when I when I first saw that, I, I I assumed there would be some element of the sun, maybe because it looked like a giant flaming ball, or there was going to be. I, I I didn't know if this one had any space stuff, and I'm I'm glad it didn't. Me too. That kind of reminds me of uh, Renard's like l- l- quote unquote like fiery cave lair that we see for like one scene of the movie where there's just like fire around it. And he's like, everyone comes here to see the fire. That just, (laughs) yeah, that was a really weird scene. That was just there to have a few throwbacks from old bond movies complete with him doing the, uh, I'm going to torture you and pretend kill you, but kill the guy right behind you. Yeah. Classic Blofeld move. It, It was just weird that, there's just one scene where he was hiding in this cave and then he just never saw it again. Yeah. Strange character. It's strange. I, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't expecting his 3d head to, to come up the way that it did. <laughs> yeah. But they showed that he had been shot. And so he doesn't feel pain. And mm-hmm. is it the fire? Doesn't fiery? feel anything. Doesn't, doesn't feel, feel anything. Yeah. And he's going to get stronger and stronger until he dies. He's straight up a super villain. Like they're building him up yeah. like a comic book villain. You you were just saying how there's yeah, no like supernatural. So, I wrote that down. I was like, there's <laughs> never a supernatural thing. And here we go. It's totally uh, like an X-Men character. Yeah. But he ended up not being the actual villain. I, I think he was really nicely juxtaposed with uh, Electra and Bond as like there was always a power dynamic or like a struggle between the three of them like because uh the unfeeling guy couldn't kiss or love and then the feel too much guy being james bond who even has to kiss her after she's dead and electra's <laughs> rubbing ice on everyone whenever she has a chance to yeah, yeah. man it's she's like, so you, awesome can you feel this because he couldn't feel the flaming rock that he was holding on to in that scene I I like that point. They they kind of are opposites. Bond feels everything. He pretends not to, but he does. And this guy can't feel anything. And she's in the middle, manipulating both. You mentioned power dynamics. She has all of it. She's got them both in the palm of her hand. This movie. And they 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 they're both like they're kidding themselves and each other about their 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 role in that yeah in that power struggle. Definitely. She's the only one in any kind of control. The other two are pretending like they have some and they've got their own little missions. But yeah, she until the end, like often happens with villains, she just kind of loses it and runs up some stairs and gets shot. But 
Like she didn't have a plan B. <laughs> well, and that was the whole thing. She was taunting him to say like, oh, you feel too much to kill me. So, haha. I never miss. You'd miss yeah. me too much. I never miss. I speak only in pun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. what's the first? I think the first thing that Bond says, he sits down. There's some joke about a Swiss banker. Someone hands him uh, a check, I guess, or a, a, a folder. And they said, would you like to see my figures? And he, oh, yeah. uh, he says, I'm sure they're perfectly rounded. And then yeah. there's a drawn out, just like leering look at, at, the uh, lady. at the lady. He ends up chasing to her doom. The lady assassin. Yeah. Yeah. We should touch on, I, I remember uh, in our intro, I said, where was Bond at this point? And then I, we forgot to come back to it. I only did like the actual chronology rather than ours. In our chronology, it actually sort of makes sense that he is this insane. He's been like, he's post-traumatic stress at this point like he is in a whole other world where he just talks and puns he doesn't dare feel anything anymore yeah. that's the only like it actually is better because of or like having watched all of them back to back to back like this mm-hmm. otherwise this makes no sense it's just stupid why does he only talk in innuendo <laughs> it's just bond with like dissociating entirely <laughs> right just making jokes about absolutely everything constantly because he doesn't dare feel. Did you notice this time um, in the last several movies, uh, a character will allude to something in his past and somebody, I forget who it was in this movie said, have you ever lost anyone? He just straight up ignores it. Oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. Blank face. Yeah. Blank face moves right on. And that totally ties into our chronology too. It's like, fuck that. I'm not talking about it. I'll talk yeah. about some stupid joke, but whatever the next thing you have to say is. But a few movies ago, he said like, "Oh, I don't." There's some things I'm sensitive about. Now it's just like I'm not even going to respond. <laughs> right, right. Before he'd be like, "Yeah, I don't talk about that," and walk away. Now, yeah, just stone cold. I was going to ask you, Adam, to do your Google thing and uh, look up all of them and just list them. Like it's. I started to write them down, and I was like, "All Fuck of the it. puns." All the there's puns. just like he. Seriously, it's three quarters of his lines are just. It's crazy. No, I I wouldn't say you should actually do it. Uh, I have exceptional stamina. And oh, my God, when he puts the the cigar case dildo on Moneypenny's desk. (laughs) (laughs) I know where you can I know where you can put that. Oh, man. Like she, that no that's used, what yeah that's what money pe- yeah money penny says I know right. where I can put that right right long oh, enough man. For, oh, what are you talking about in the garbage that's yeah. a that's such a bad comeback yeah <laughs> man uh, the ending of the movie too uh, I thought Christmas only comes once a year oh, oh my god man I thought they that's up there for one of the worst yeah <laughs> I thought they I thought they nipped that in the bud when. Uh, when Dr. Jones, I was really, I was, Jones, I was happy Dr. that Jones. I had talked about watching Indiana Jones and there's <laughs> yeah, a Dr. Yeah. Jones in this. Yeah. I should have mentioned that. That's funny. I, I thought of just, uh, calling Dr. Jones, like the aqua song. She <laughs> says, she says her name and immediately is like, yes, I've heard every Christmas joke. Like mm-hmm. I, there, I've heard every joke about my name. So don't. And it and it seemed like he exercised restraint up until the end when he was like, 
Aha, uh-huh, Christmas yeah. coming, huh? She also, uh, she looked like Tomb Raider in that opening. Big time. Lara Croft. Once she took off her hazmat suit. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know if we want to talk about her already, but she's obviously beautiful. And I don't mind the character, but my God, she might be the worst actress in any of these movies. I'm trying to think, like, (laughs) it is definitely like she was reading the script, didn't get it. And like after every cut, right before they say action, they have to read it to her and then she just repeats it several times like Mm -hmm. when she's her first scene when she's looking at him like who are you or are you just here for a look or here for a glance and then there's a glare and then there's a really long pause and you are like she doesn't get it like she has done no research into this character she's not trying like she doesn't do the actor thing where she's trying to develop a character she's just hitting her marks and saying her lines and that's it i i don't think uh, the, the character of Christmas Jones <laughs> c- doesn't have too much to do. Um, so, yeah, I think that 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 could have been like more of a blank canvas. But it it did seem like uh, like an odd American insert. And where which the time that this movie came out, um, American oil interests in that part of the world, it just, um, it seemed like a, an odd injection of, a, a America, whereas there, you, you wouldn't have that element in any other part of the movie. It's also a Denise Richards interest as much as an oil interest. Mm-hmm. Like she was pretty big. Wild things had just come out. She was, you know, like, sexiest woman alive or whatever at the time she was very intriguing everybody loved her at the end of the 90s so throw her in it was one of those cases and Mm. they did that a little there were some like uh i don't know if you remember adam the what was her name uh good night in the man with the golden gun was kind of like this except she had fewer lines she was kind of bumbling at the end but she wasn't this bad at least when she said it she i don't know you believe that character Mm. a bit like, I think uh, some of the writing for Dr. Jones in this was weird, too. Like, she had a bunch of lines that were like, say the sciencey sounding thing, even though it doesn't matter. Like, I think they were about to escape the sub, and she was like, oh, no, like, the reactor is about to go to blow, and I need to stop it. But uh, Dr. Uh, Goodhead in Moonraker was believable when she said that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Denise Richards is not. She, yeah. You are not no, a nuclear physicist. But I think That's... it was better written in Moonraker. Like here, it just doesn't even make sense. Because then they just swim away. Like she doesn't even do anything. Yeah. Oh, at the end. Yeah. yeah. Like that was another case where she just looks up and sort of explains a thing. Like yeah. these are exactly my lines, Mister Bond. Here's what we have to do. Like it's so awkward. And it was the fact that it was the same kind of explosion as in the pipeline earlier, where it's like, hey, so it's not really, we've kind of deactivated the nuclear element of this, but it's still going to blow up. Yeah. Mm. And this was just in another, in a vertical tube underwater, as opposed to the horizontal tube of the pipeline. Oh, man. When he's, <laughs> I just wanted to explain it in layman's terms. If he puts the giant bullets into the holes, yeah. things go boom. That's yeah. what it, like, what are we yeah. even watching right now? He's just p- 
pushing these things in while yeah. this fight is happening. The, so that's when I was really like, yeah, this sucks compared to Goldeneye. Like the end of Goldeneye, him and Trevelyan have that awesome fight. The main mission is already done, and then they can have their you know hand to hand combat. That yeah, this one the Renard was still trying to do the mission. I don't know, and she's yelling in the background. It's it's a weird ending. Mm-hmm. I, I did I did appreciate turning the would it have been the plutonium rod turning that into a big bullet. Yeah, uh, I, I like that too. It just like good. all the whole time, it's this ten, it's I guess a kind of a tense fight. Just they're in a cramped space, sure, trying to put the rod in, trying to take it out, trying to beat each other up, and then the solution is, oh, I'm just gonna up the pressure on it just and shoot it. You're gonna get you. shot in the gut. She's waiting for you. I wish yeah. I could do a Brosnan impression. <laughs> to do like the the opposite side of what you're saying, Rob, because uh, it is kind of a weak ending. But at the same time, I felt quite invested in Renard's character because the whole arc of this guy can't feel anything. He's going to commit suicide, basically, to ma- to have Electra have a future. Yeah. Uh, and I was saying last week with Goldeneye, the Trevelyan character, I feel like wasn't developed enough. Like, I feel like we got more development on this random terrorist than we did 006 turned rogue. I agree. That's why I liked this one more last time. I like Renard a lot, but he ends up being henchman instead of villain. So that brings it down. She's, she's the main villain for sure. So the story sort of ends, you know how often the villain gets killed and then bond and the hench person have a big battle. Like that's just long in this, like he still, he does that amazing epic dive and saves the day and kills, <laughs> kills the hench person essentially. That, uh, you mean that little dummy does a little flippy floppy dive <laughs> oh, or some stunt double. That was a hell of a dive in his awesome tan suit. <laughs> I, that looked so much like I laughed out loud when I saw it because it looked like a dummy. I don't know if you could. <laughs> You're crazy. Yeah. I love that. No, that's definitely a stunt guy. Are you sure? Oh, for sure. I've, Oh, I've been in dead. love with that dive for a long time. I've watched it closely. Like from the building <laughs> to the to the sub? To the water, they, yeah, yeah. He's immediately out of it. Like the 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 there's like the it looks like it could end up being a flop or like that's going to hurt his lap and then the next cut is like, "Oh, I'm just immediately swimming in the water." Like ha, yeah. not not having completed the dive the way you normally see someone plunge sure, down under, sure. but it's like, "All right, over to the sub." That makes me think that the stunt didn't end well. It was an awkward landing. The cuts were really awkward. Even the yeah. cut to it, it was like, he's over just here, just now he's form. diving. I, I just love that he straight executes her, has that oh. weird awkward moment, and M staring at him, and then he's just like, fuck it, mission is still on. Oh, Rips man. off the jacket, stands up on the balcony, and just dives. I, like I love bond in full mission mode where he doesn't hesitate that's like how many stories up is he and he just does this huge dive doesn't come up for air dives goes straight down to the sub it's awesome that's again where he is sort of nearly superhuman like no no human does that (laughs) you you like seeing bond being good at his job and just like being devoted to it like yeah he's got a mission to do Exactly. I love his devotion. Even it's hilarious because I'm like, by and large, an anti-military, anti, like, not anti-police, anti-authority guy. But to me, he transcends that. He's just, 
a one man army doing what's right <laughs> rather than because he goes rogue. He doesn't always follow the government. He has his own moral code and will do what's right from his own point of view. That's why I like this guy. Your comment earlier uh, about his his superpower is like dodging bullets. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. That especially Brazi. You had said that right before we watched it, and that pre-title sequence, uh, he when he's in the Batmobile, essentially, <laughs> Batboat, um, bat uh, that can also go on the road and fly through the air a little bit. But he he's just chasing a speedboat and and be, being shot at like very directly and from. Presumably, like a pretty badass assassin yeah. who can throw a knife into the back of a man's head, no problem. Uh, and, yeah, but she's missing him constantly. But then again, what we can say is Renard wanted him alive. So he could have told her to let Bond live. Mm, that's true. Yeah, she could have just been trying to stop him from chasing stop the boat yeah Yeah. exactly that makes sense but often i agree in this case maybe so all right what what did you think of the longest uh pre-title sequence and i i wrote actually like in my notes bold caps boat chase adam (laughs) because i know you're not a big fan of the boat chases but this one's a bit different funny enough i this didn't feel that long to me Oh, really? uh, and I was checking the time on it. It was like 15 minutes, which is long. But I feel like there's a lot of long other ones, too. I feel like just a lot happened in this one. It's as long as the climax. Like when, when Bond jumps, does that dive into the sub, that's with 15 minutes left in the movie. Exactly. But so much more happened in that, in that opening sequence. Mm-hmm. And it's always elevating normally in a bond movie the scene in where were they bilbao like they're in spain right to get the money back normally that scene would be like five minutes longer go to titles come back and he's at mi6 with the money rather than that being five minutes then 10 minutes back in london with another chase it's it's a really different pre-title sequence you almost never see a location change within a pre-title sequence my my note for it was that we hit the ground running this time. Like totally, it's it feels like you're, uh, like you missed the title and you're just settling in. They're at M's office, like you were just saying. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's gonna be a we're Even, watching Bond. Like and then first, they get you. First second, right after the the gun barrel and the blood, Bond's running across the street. Like you're mm-hmm. right into it. There's no like mm-hmm. long establishing shot or anything like that. You're right. He he's right into it, looking phenomenal and smoking a cigar, wheeling mm-hmm. and dealing with five dudes in the room. <laughs> destroys them all. <laughs> what yeah. what did he rip off? Was that a curtain that he ripped off and tied to the guy, and then tied to the radiator, then tied to himself? Tied to the jumped out or of something. Yeah, I don't know. That's a badass move. A convenient cord. That was pretty no. great. Pretty. That's exactly the length of the height that he was yeah. at, like yeah. four, four stories. <laughs> I'll reiterate my point of him being very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. That's a little weird, but whatever. He's It's Pierce Brosnan's Bond. We'll allow it. And we also saw Q and M in a pre-title sequence, which never happens. Normally, it's Bond off on a mission, and we actually saw them both. I, it's very it, strange. They could easily have put 
those flaming, trippy women in kaleidoscopic oil wells right after the hot air balloon blows up. Hmm. Well, it was basically, right? Because he fell, and then it was right after yeah, that. Yeah, and then he, like, just falls down the On whatever thing roof. he falls down. He, like, tumbles. Oh, that, yeah, sorry, yeah. that was all in, in... Yeah. That was all in London. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, big chase through. Okay. You know, yeah. those yeah, Brits yeah. must have just loved it. Like, a pre-title sequence in the Thames. Like, mm. ripping through the streets of London. Friggin' traffic cops getting drenched. Like, I bet you that got an applause at the premiere. <laughs> Did you notice that scene where he took a hard turn? Yeah, there, there were a couple of times where the local constabulary is, like, just laughed at. That's one moment because they're putting a boot on a car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> means something else there, I guess. But... um but then they get splashed, and that and there's a big laugh from that. But there's another part in that opening chase where, oh yeah, no, there's just a police boat that is the most explosive boat ever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. How about the uh, dive under the bridge with the tie straightening? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you allow it. Like this again. What I was saying, how it's getting close to Austin Powers. Like. Yeah. Like, there's no, even Roger Moore wouldn't have done that. Sean Connery, it's impossible. Timothy Dalton, it's impossible. Daniel Craig, it's yeah. impossible. Roger this, Moore just like isn't the, fast enough to do it. He's just too slow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, all right. On the other on the other hand, man, he is a hell of an action hero. Like, compared to what he looks like. I think we were saying this, or maybe it was JP saying it with Goldeneye. Like, he doesn't look tough, but he's fast. He runs a lot in this. Mm -hmm. And yeah. wields every gun like he, he you know, he like he was born with it. And Yeah, yeah. He's more of an action hero than I remember. He's up, mm -hmm. like, he's probably, yeah, next to Craig, he's the biggest action hero of all of them. He, I like, right now, like, this isn't, like, forever, but he's kind of my favorite Bond at the moment. <laughs> You're not alone, man. You're in good company. A lot of yeah, people yeah. love the bras man. <laughs> <laughs> the bras man. Uh, what did you think of, uh, I guess that's what we're talking about, Q and his fishing boat. As oh. Q, like, picture Q driving that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, and it needs to dive. And yeah. yeah. That's not, that's not, that would not be a good boat to fish in. No. <laughs> But but he always needs to have an exit strategy. Oh, right. yeah. he, he, Hold on. He just well, says that and sinks into the floor. That, <laughs> all right. Well, okay. if, if, I do want to go back to the end of the pre-title sequence, but we can talk about that if you want. Clearly, they're just giving him oh, a bow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that, like, emotional. After watching all these movies with, with Q in it, it's, you know, right. that's like, the end. I found this more emotional than I ever had because we've watched them all one week after the other. But uh, he has literally never given Bond advice other than bring my shit back, please. Mm. Stop breaking everything. Really 007. Oh, really 007. He's never once said, always have an escape plan. Dude. Don't let them see Ella. you bleed. Don't the let, more yeah. sinister yeah, piece that of was... advice. <laughs> He's Whoa. definitely never said that. No. I had forgotten that part. Maybe they like were like, okay, what do you want to say? And then we like we have the second one. 
And it was like, it was quite a long descent into the floor, too. Like, we got mm -hmm. a good long look at him. Totally out of frame. Just. Yeah. Going, yeah. Yeah. Again, Austin Powers, when he does the elevator thing behind the counter. I don't know if you guys remember Austin Powers when he's doing like the escalator and the steps and the elevator. That's what it looked like. The R was so slapstick. You know how yeah. I've been saying for weeks or months now, Adam, my least favorite gadgets are the reverse engineered ones. This is what I think of with that stupid jacket. And 10 minutes later, <laughs> you're in an avalanche. Yeah. Like they made that just for that. And like, it's impractical for anything else. It's like, they knew for sure you're going to be going skiing and there's going to be an avalanche yeah. wear this jacket. That was too quick. Like a setup and payoff. They had a few really good setups and payoffs. And I, and I feel like they explored some really cool premises. Like, like the I got glasses. Curve glass. Well, that, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I appreciated how he, uh, yeah. He wanted, yeah, he wanted to get the new specs on the car while he was putting those specs on. Theoretically, Ooh, he's just looking good, yeah. at R through his clothes. Sure, if he's put those on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that the, the setup and payoff was way too soon with that jacket. But as soon as I saw the helicopter with saw blades, <laughs> that they were just, oh, this is just what we Trim have. Trees. Oh, Trim the edge of the woods. Yeah, like, yeah. We need to put a pipeline through here. I wrote down like, wow, like just saw a helicopter <laughs> and was just waiting for it to come back. And when it tore apart that dockyard, it was, oh, man. it was ridiculous. But I was like, thanks for bringing it back. Back again to my, uh, my thin theory here. Like that's like English nine foreshadowing. Like, it's right in your oh, face. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like in a Dan Brown novel where the chapter ends with little did he know this would come up later tonight, like yeah. totally yeah. leading the audience, which drives me crazy, but whatever. Decent payoff. Maybe it's, there's something to it that I, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying as close attention. I missed that foreshadowing. So oh, then when, when the helicopter with the saw blade on it came out, I was like, wow, like, what is this? <laughs> Where did this come from? Uh, I wonder if that is a thing. It probably is just not that cool. There probably is like one big blade or something. It's more like a chainsaw. But I, they, like they had legitimate forestry equipment at, at that opening scene where uh, in, was it Azerbaijan? Yeah, when uh, Electra gets the whole town to cheer for her yeah. for the whole scene, like she she rolls up. They have a bunch of forestry equipment. You get a quick shot of the buzz uh, helicopter. You just see regular equipment. You see people working. And then there's a protest at a religious place. And she's like, look, you can keep it. And they cheer the rest of the scene when she's interacting with Bond. In the background, everyone's just like, hooray, yeah. That yeah, those extras knew what they were doing. Yeah. The directors just cheer loudly and enthusiastically. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah. it wasn't distracting enough for me to know that. Um, D Dave, Davidov? David, yeah. I just knew he, he, he was no good. 
Yeah, yeah. He, he, <laughs> for sure. There's something shady about this guy. That's the yeah. thing. Like, if you're ever not sure if one of the leading characters is going to be good or bad, look at who's around that character. Mm. If they've got some shady security agents around them, you know they're probably going to be bad. Her security detail had corrupt all over it. Mm. Did you? How long uh, till you knew she was bad, Adam? After the twenty bomb movies you've watched, um, when did you start to suspect her? Because I was really careful to not say, in the weeks leading up to this, I was like, there's a really awesome female character coming up, but I wasn't mm-hmm. like, she's bad. <laughs> I'm trying to think of when I suspected her. I don't I don't know. I was a little suspicious throughout, I want to yeah. say, but yeah. It's a good twist. And, and like, you know she's bad, but you don't know how bad till towards the end. Yeah. That she totally manipulated him from the get-go. It wasn't even Stockholm Syndrome. She completely oh. manipulated him, was never daddy's girl. Like, pretty cool. <laughs> it was, that was a rough scene when he, when Bond was accusing her of Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Man, that was some of my least favorite of the power play stuff between them. Yeah. But I, I guess that's right before it kind of unravels and you True. get a sense of how behind it all she is. Yeah, yeah. But she does stand up to him again, totally checks him. Mm. Like, she's not phasable. She's a complete psychopath, which is awesome. <laughs> like, you don't get that in a female very often, unfortunately. Like, she's up there with the best villains because she's not phased. She's a full-on crazy liar. And, mm. yeah, unfortunately, in these movies and in Hollywood in general, you get damsels or like Zenya last week was more of a caricature of something not not like a legit mm-hmm. crazy villain mm-hmm. this yeah this woman is yeah like i said completely psycho like a proper like villain a, yeah like a true <laughs> bond villain totally like a complete liar which is awesome mm-hmm. yeah i found that scene with the stockholm syndrome it, it was I, I was along for that ride of like he's accusing her and then she kind of is like defending herself and kind of guilting him and manipulating him back and i was like man like i was so sure and then now i'm like i don't know like (laughs) yeah yeah i was along for that yeah but bond was a little much for me in that but the yeah the Mm. it was it was a good the the drama was good uh, of it because 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 then yeah you are with him but then he also really doesn't know how it all fits so yeah, even exactly. if you are like, so there's something wrong, something going on, you're shady, but. And his main thread being, it's hard to whatever, if you can't feel alive, whatever that was, like, it could have been the other way around. It could have been Renard saying, and while he was torturing her for however long, he said it a bunch and she took it. Like, there, if that's the only thread you've got, and like yeah. she said, the shoulder thing, he was wearing a brace. Like, he had a very weak case, and that was did, clear yeah. when he goes to talk to M after. He's like, I don't trust her, and he doesn't even explain her his evidence to, to M because it's such shitty evidence. And she's just like, well, I All don't right. know, man. All right, I forgot about this in the pre-title sequence and in the whole movie. We haven't talked about M, and yeah. fuck M in this one, and her whole <laughs> corrupt storyline. Oh. I don't see any national threat here or national security issue. She's the ha- head of the secret agency, secret police, based, not secret police, but you all know, head of MI6. And she's basically sending her top agent out to help her 
buddy, this oil baron, get his money back and then sends him off on a revenge thing like this. How where's England's interest in this? That's my main problem with this movie. It's like pro oil, pro businessman dick. <laughs> I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's really weird. Why does M send him on this mission? And why are we okay with it? <laughs> well, I mean, there's that one point where she says to Bond, like, don't make a personal 007. And he's like, haven't you? Yeah. Are you sure you haven't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. It's it was, she was saving face or like it was brutal that the guy, the dad died. And but this, she, yeah, it sucks. she didn't it's... negotiate with terrorists when their initial kidnapping happened. I didn't have a sense of the timeline on that kidnapping, but it seemed like it was was weighing heavy on M. I wrote, maybe this is where Judy Dench's M was when she was missing Adam, like between all those movies, Mm. she was off dealing with this. But yeah, her, that storyline is like the most American of these plots, like a friend of the person in charge gets in trouble they go they help them out and then something embarrassing happens so we have to avenge it we have to stand up for our honor because he was killed in MI6 there's a terrorist attack on MI6 mm. property so we have to defend our honor and get to the bottom of this no real national security threat people citizens aren't at risk in this who the hell cares where the oil comes from whether it's the king corporation or whatever there's or four other russian ones right who the hell cares? So there's not really uh, until Istanbul. We don't want Istanbul to blow up. Sure, that I get. But they didn't know that was a threat when they first sent Bond out. Well, in that way, it's almost the most realistic one, right? Like self-interested, personal, money-based problems. Like, yeah, it's just such a blight about. on Judy Dench's M to me because she's so mm. awesome. Mm. Otherwise, that I hate that shot it brings her down like four notches for me and she has to work her way back up when he comes into the office and she's sitting there with the oil baron having a drink yeah like gross that's like i know i'm way overthinking it and most people watching this don't even notice that that's an oil tycoon or whatever it's just the guy who's a victim but politically it like with the lenses we're looking at movies today it's the head of the cia or mi6 or nsa next to the head of halliburton or exxon or whatever it's weird and i'm gonna help you friend who i met at harvard or wherever the hell they met we as an audience are supposed to be on their side yes yeah Exactly. It's like watching, uh, are you familiar with uh, Dark Knight Rises, the third uh, Nolan Batman movie? That's what Bane. Yeah, Bane. I watched, I remember liking it more than most people did and being confused why people hate it. And I didn't agree with why people hated it. And I kept watching it. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're totally on the wrong side here. Bane and all those guys were basically Occupy Wall Street. And all the cops were like hiding underground and come out and take back over. It's all about control and anti uh revolution shit like wait a second this message is all wrong the hero is on the wrong side there's a little bit of that in this movie like what are they even doing getting involved in this until you know stop a nuke in istanbul i'm with you on that yeah once the nukes on the table then well like bond has picked up more threads than just being a bodyguard yeah uh which i like it it was 
it was nice to see him uh, improvising and just like, oh, uh, I guess I'll wear this person's badge and figure it out. A little convenient that that everyone's like, hey, thanks for showing up. Uh, Here's everything you need to know about going to get the these these uh, compounds. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his quick, quick delivery with the uh, Russian accent and where he studied English at Oxford or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I like that line. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Did you notice when they were in this stupid hologram 3D Renard (laughs) Renard head, when they were describing him, the list of places where he was known to associate was like every single place there's been a terrorist in the last hundred years. Oh my gosh. Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran. Uh, all the stands. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like every villain the West has ever had, every country villain the West has ever had. That's where he's been. Like maybe do three of them. Like you're laying it on pretty thick with this invincible man who's getting stronger every day, and he has been affiliated with every terrorist organization, both Koreas. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a bit bit heavy handed, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah. I, I, ex- I expected him to be more evil and more scheming as a result of that buildup and, like, he'll get stronger and stronger until he dies. The, there, were, there were things where, like, clearly he couldn't feel pain and he wasn't connecting emotionally, but I, uh, I expected there to be more violence because that almost sounds like you are describing Bane I actually kind of back to what you were saying before, maybe that makes it smarter than usual, better than usual, because we like to blow up our villains into these things that they're not like, well, to be a little topical, we don't go political very often, but the Taliban or whatever, like you have the, you blow them up into being this crazy threat. They don't have tanks. They don't have an air force. They don't have whatever. They're just these people who are in this country. And then, that's what the West does. They make boogeymen out of people, and then he, he's just a guy. In the end, not I'm not I am yeah. not pro Taliban. I'm gonna go out on a whim and say that it's the projection <laughs> of like the your nightmare scenario to be like the, the this this other. If I'm gonna protect my interests, I need to present this other as such an extreme, such a um, yeah, such a boogeyman, like you said. Yeah. It's just more about your your ability to project and, uh, yeah, own the narrative on that. Which was at play in that one. But that's what's <laughs> nice about this villain is through the arc of it, he's really human. Like, he can't feel pain anymore. He can't really feel pleasure, right? Like, there's kind of a reference with him and Electra that they probably can't have sex or anything because he doesn't feel anything. Uh, great scene yeah like well shot intense sad she's so seductive and evil how she doesn't care at all about him yeah you notice how like completely in love he is and she's just indifferent the whole time is kind of impatient and thinking about her mission and that just leads to the end of his arc where he just wants to create a some like not a legacy for himself but for her like a meaning beyond because life he already died like i think he said that at one point he's already dead and he wants her to live on. That's the big part of their saying. Uh, life's not worth living if you d- don't feel Can't alive. Can't feel alive, yeah. A yeah. man grows tired of executions. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a lame one, but I loved the sub. I think I have mentioned it already a couple of times, but um, just to present the idea that like, well, what are they going to do with this nuke anyway? And then it's like, oh, well, uh, did you forget subs were things? Because check this huge nuclear sub out. And that you take a sub and turn it on its side so that it's a cramped space we're, we're used to seeing in sub movies, but you sink one end of it and you've kind of got that Titanic situation where it's going up, uh, it's, it's up in the air yeah, differently yeah. and you have to climb through it. That re I was so hyped for that. And that's good. I, it's, it's a, it's a spin on a thing, not just in like action and uh, like submarine based movies, but in bond movies, like we've, we've seen a lot of submarines and this is a bit of a twist on that. That's a good point. It's a great set piece. That whole, the whole scene and him like holding his breath and her spinning things. There's some tension there. Like I'm a little mm -hmm. checked out at that point. Let's wrap this stuff up. But it's still pretty great. A lot of tension. It felt uh, at that point I was hyper aware that, you know, Denise Richards was all wet in a white t-shirt and we kept getting shots of her just moving around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's that seems, too. Seems That's always important. See... Well, you know me and my fixation on that type of thing as well. But this is how much of a Bond dork I am. I'm not even looking at that. I'm just like, James Bond, Navy man, is in the water. I'm so excited. <laughs> he's on a sub. <laughs> he just did an awesome dive. I hope they mention that he's a oh, commander man. again. <laughs> Will someone reference his Navy past? I hope so. <laughs> That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> I, I think one. I was maybe the most engaged. It was probably right in the middle of the movie when uh, Bond and Jones uh, need to chase chase them out of that, like, m uh, missile facility. The, yeah, those, like, silos yeah, and yeah. Um, cr cr Christmas had a good, ha had, like, good things to do there, not just pointlessly be wet in the frame like at the end, but she actually hooks up the controls to a generator to get them to True. open so that was a great like it didn't have hammy uh dialogue or writing with it it was just here's someone that can do something well and they need to in this in this scenario granted right after that i mean two minutes after that when bond is running away from the no he's holding on to the thing like from spy yeah. who loved me and the explosions are chasing him get out of the way, dive out of the yeah. way. And she does like a, what? Like a five second yeah, pause staring. Yeah, yeah. That, that part's unfortunate. But otherwise, I agree with you. I love that whole scene. Well, that's, that's, that's where it changes from them like pursuing a goal to, then they are just running out of a place that's blowing up and he's just grabbing her and throwing her to a, from one ladder to the next. Oh, but when they a... actually had things to do, it, it was great. But... But even that, when they're, that's some of my favorite Bond stuff is when it is chaos and he's all instinct and he's just like, who are you anyway? I'm a British agent and just runs away and he dives through that closing door. That's a really cool stunt. Just in the nick, of, you don't get a lot of that. That's like an Indiana Jones when he grabs his hat. Totally. Yeah, I, I don't know. I love that. And he does the flip, and Brozzy's so good at dodging bullets. He uh, He's pushing <laughs> that cart along the tracks. It's like when he's setting the remote explosives in GoldenEye, and he, like, 
bullets are flying all over him. And he just sort of like twitches a little bit, moves his head mm-hmm. side to side. And then, yeah, this one, he's just sort of ducking. There's like four dudes shooting machine guns at him. He's just still slowly moving up, picks them all off. Man, he's so badass. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I love that scene. But it's an hour in, and then there's an hour and nine minutes after that. <laughs> Although I, I really like the uh, the scene with the two of them in the, except for her her lines, unfortunately, uh, in the pipeline is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's also a unique space. You're like you, I would never think of the inside. You see people crawl in vent shafts, but they yeah, have yeah. A, a bizarre travel system is kind of neat. I want to see an extended scene where he's like the screws are stripped or whatever they've tampered with it. And then she just does the like long gasp. <gasps> Someone's tampered with the bomb. Mm. And then he goes, yeah, I just said that. Keep up. Yeah, the <laughs> stripped, yeah. I hate that line so much. That's another one of her things. Like someone's tampered with the bomb. Like, yeah, I literally just said that the screws are well, stripped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Adam, go ahead. Defend it. <laughs> No, I'm just going to say that we have to do a new call. Cause yeah, I know. I saw that. We got two minutes. Defend <laughs> Christmas Jones. <laughs> he just said the screws are stripped, and then she says, oh, someone's tampered with it. I think it's fine. It's fine. No, she says, someone's tampered with the bomb. No, she okay. wouldn't have said that. That's, that's, Dr. Goodhead it, wouldn't have said it, it like that. <laughs> she, like, that character should be... Like, it's set up as so much smarter than the things they say. Um, yes. Which is a bit of a disservice, and I get yeah. the awkward, clunky delivery of it. It sucks because it feeds into the cliche that someone hot can't be smart. There are, mm-hmm. like, she can't deliver lines for shit, but that's not because she's hot. She's just not a good actress. I don't like the idea that pretty girls can't be scientists or that, I, I don't know. It's a bad cliche, this character. I don't like it. Yeah. That's one of my least favorite parts of this movie. Yeah, yeah. A, de- a depiction of a, of a nuclear physicist like this is the reason there's such a strong push to have women in STEM. Exactly. Because that can't be the representation. Right. No. I mean, that this is 22 years ago now, so. Wow. Fair enough. <laughs> I uh, should say, actually, speaking of listeners, actually, when you edit this, when I say speaking of, it's going to be confusing because you're going to cut out that we just cut out. That's good awareness, Bobby. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. Shout out to uh, Shayla and a few others on Twitter for uh, commenting and following along on our watch along with this movie. That's pretty great. I like having some engagement. Mm -hmm. If she's listening, who knows? If you are, keep following up. Maybe... uh, (laughs) Say that at the end when you do the the ads. Okay. Because it'll be hard to edit that in organically. <laughs> you know, I'll edit you in organically. <laughs> Let's talk stunts. <laughs> stunts. Okay. Stunts. Speaking of, uh, well, that scene I just said, I love that dive. I doubt that was Brazi, but whatever. I love the dive through the closing door. I, yeah. Uh, oh, wait. I, I did want to say one more thing. This is, I think it's the only Bond movie where we get Bond, James Bond. Twice. Three times, if you include Valentine says it. Bond, James Bond, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Qu- quick uh, aside yeah, about he... Valentine. 
That's Hagrid, Billy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it Hagrid. Sure Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was odd to see him made up that way and with that accent as opposed yeah. to uh the as ground keeper what i think the, yeah. cr- the craziest thing is someone saw like these movies with russian big hagrid not hagrid and we're like that's hagrid you he know? was <laughs> when did the first harry potter movie come out i think he was valentine before he was hagrid that's what i was... mean that's what i mean you, oh, like okay. they cast they cast valentine as Hagrid, you know, <laughs> they cast Hagrid after seeing he, Valentine, but he's yes, done a ton of other things. Yeah. yeah, he's he's done a lot. Yeah, of he's good a work. big actor. Sure, sure. Um, but but yeah. Harry Potter would no, have been on the heels of this. Movie, Harry Potter, example. I think, was two thousand the first one. Yeah, so a year Maybe. after this came out. But he was in Goldeneye, which was ninety five. Yeah, which, yeah. Oh, there's a through line with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was in. He was in Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah. I just mean cool like character. I like him. When they cast him as Hagrid, this was his biggest, most recent role, probably. True. True. That that's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> what do you think of the? Uh, like I was just saying, who are you anyway? Or what do you? Do? For those who can't speak spy, uh, the name's uh, Bond. Burn arrow, burn arrow, and then they do the big action scene. <laughs> James Bond. Like yeah. they've never that done was too Bond. Too long J- a pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who introduces themselves like that but uh, i don't i'm kind of in for it whatever <laughs> it's it's fucking outrageous <laughs> i mean to cap off one of the like you said it's one of the best scenes in the movie that whole underground nuclear facility thing and that was the end of that scene basically yeah a big, yeah. big what an introduction uh, yeah who who did he introduce himself to earlier? Because I know he had said it earlier in the movie. Just Bond, James Bond. Was it to uh, Electra? Must have been Electra. It must have been, yeah. yeah. Or it could have been her dad. I don't know. Maybe. No, no. I think M introduced them. So other than that, yeah, I love the dive. I love when they did the jump in the pre-title sequence to the air balloon and he hopped off the boat onto the rope is a really cool yeah. stunt. Yes, yeah. I, I loved... Just great. Please use it at a hot air balloon. Why, why not? Yeah. <laughs> of course you're going to blow it up. And and, and with the skiing, uh, they went... I'm glad they went everywhere they did with that ski chase sequence. <laughs> I but like, I like that it was romantic at first. And then parachuting sn- snowmobiles. <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry, then one of, one of them drives off a cliff... And then it has another parachute. I'll see you at the lodge. Oh, oh I guess uh, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the whole like snowy action chase scene. That was the one I took off this movie. You know, I have to right, take one right. action scene off every you, movie. You checked out. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I wanted to say, Adam, like I, I had talked up early in the series skiing, but we had watched like 10 or 12 in a row with no skiing. But the last like. 10 i think eight of them have had snow or skiing in yeah, it. yeah skiing to me is a big part of bomb but it turns out it's only like a quarter of them or a third of them mm-hmm. and there's more submarines say, than there is skis <laughs> i suppose that's funny yeah. the man can ski it wasn't it wasn't short which is kind of like maybe maybe i i could hear the argument that it dragged on but it 
was dynamic enough. Like the ski they were scene behind, or the movie, the ski, the, <laughs> the ski chase, the movie. I, I was going along like for, for the length that that movie was up until maybe the last 20 minutes, I was like totally along for the ride. Uh, I, I think there's something about, you know, we watched 20 of these now, Rob. Yeah. Two hours is a long time for a movie. Like, and that's not, maybe it's an attention span thing in, in a lot yeah. of ways, but like an action-y movie usually is not two hours long. I'll say... It's exactly 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, for like a fun action movie by yourself, I agree. I don't tend to, this is not how I normally watch movies, by myself taking notes and then talking about them. <laughs> I watch them... Yeah. With people, like when Heather and I watch a movie, it'll take four hours for a two-hour movie because we pause it and talk about it. I like a long movie. I really appreciate it. Like, I don't, you don't get a lot out of a short movie. It's just popcorn. It's just, it's fast food. Mm -hmm. I like a long movie, but doing it like this, I agree. It's, when when you started at 6.45 and it's two hours and nine minutes and you're like, shit, I can't pause it. This isn't going to be done till nine. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's just a long time on a weeknight it's just doing movies like this is an entirely different experiment than just sitting back and enjoying it even had you come over like say we never did this and we're over on a friday having drinks and like let's play a drinking game to a bond movie that two hours will fly <laughs> by yeah it's yeah. very yeah, different sure. very very different or like if i was watching it by myself normally i might like i don't know play a video game while i'm watching it like it'd be just so much more casual right like sure. i would feel like i had to pay attention yeah you know although i'm spoiled here because i've seen these so yeah. many times. I checked out a few times of this one. I, I know this movie pretty well. I've seen this one twice. In the, this is the third time I've seen it in the last year or two, probably. What's it, what's it like watching it? Uh, so, I, like, I, I was along for the ride with the twists and turns or, or, or Bond, at least, being suspicious and then not knowing who's really manipulating things. How does that hold up in a rewatch? So on a rewatch, I look for, well, like I was getting into the politics of it more and like, wait, mm. am I okay with the hero in this one? Mm. And uh, looking at the character of James Bond based on the Bond voyage chronology, that's how I'm looking at all these movies right. now. So yeah. I, I'm trying to look at it entirely different. And it's also, aside from those two things, it's just a comfort blanket. It's Tuesday night in the middle of a work week, and I love these movies. It's like listening to a Beatles record or whatever. I, I love it. Mm. So I don't necessarily take more out of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, here comes this scene, and I know every beat of it. And I, I could talk about most scenes just from memory without even watching it again. So there's that. But you do. I, I mean, as I've said throughout this whole series, uh, you get more each time. I firmly believe that. I don't know what more I got this time. What did I, I don't know if there's Roger. actually. What's that? I said Roger. <laughs> Roger? Because you said, I don't know what more I got this time. Oh, Roger. I get it. That's a bad joke. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had already. Actually, I think somebody on the internet pointed it out to me. Not to me specifically, but to the internet. Uh, the Bernard Lee portrait at the M- Did you notice it, Adam? I saw your tweet about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the MI6 
like Scotland had like the big mansion that they were at. Yeah. Awesome set in the background was a portrait of Bernard Lee who played M for the first 12 or 14 Aww. movies, which is pretty cool. That's, that's a nice. So set. that's, that's her predecessor. Yeah. I like that a lot. It, I would love to have that portrait. <laughs> I actually wanted to bring up a point about M earlier. So this is a good time as, uh, as any, uh, could you like, this wouldn't have happened with that M, with an, a previous M. We wouldn't have had a, such a personal, emotional M thing. Interesting. And Well, in the yeah. novel Moonraker, it's a lot like this. He was losing money to this guy, Hugo Drax, uh, in games of bridge at the local casino. And he wanted Bond to go in and play him and make <laughs> make some of the money and find out what's going on with this guy. It was a personal thing. That's what I was thinking of. And so mm-hmm. this one is kind of like the Moonraker book, nothing like the Moonraker movie. But you're right. In the film universe, I can't picture Bernard Lee's M. No. And it's even more like personal than like some bridge thing it's like oh my buddy who i tried to help with this ransom thing and the like it didn't work out and like she has she's all tied up in regret and and pain and and sorrow and there's so many moments where it's heartbreaking which she doesn't do every like in uh golden eye and certainly forward she's cold and calculated like Mm In Goldeneye, that which was her first one chronologically, or first one uh, release date wise, when she says, "I might be an analyst, but if you think I will give a single qualm sending a man in to die, you've completely mistaken me, Bond. I've I've got no com- compulsion, compunction of sending a man into his death or whatever, whatever that word is. Like she's she's usually pretty cold, and wait for Skyfall. Like she's willing to sacrifice people for sure." So, yeah, this one, you, you get to see her emotional side a lot more. And even in this one, though, she was saying, like, yeah, we don't uh, negotiate with terrorists. Don't pay them off. We'll get them. I thought we had time. And uh, to her, to his friends or about his, her friend's friggin' daughter. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah she's, a, she's a hard lady, this end. And then, and, but then at the end of the movie, like, she comes up the stairs and just sees Bond execute this daughter that's been wrapped up mm. in all this and she just looks like she like there's like a lot of pain and she doesn't know how to react and then bond just totally jumps off dives like, it. Yeah. and that's never really resolved that's a good point like yeah she must be filled with regret and sadness she loves them both mm-hmm. oh yeah and she said he's the best we've ever had though i never tell him that of course yeah we yeah got, we got a little bit of m giving bond a nod which is very rare in the series. Because we open the movie with like her buddy gets blown up and then the whole movie, she's trying to kind of like save his daughter to make up for that. And then at the end, the daughter dies. And then right, you know, right. she, Bond is what she has left and he just dives off the balcony or whatever. The mother is dead, right? That was a part of the plot? I think so. I, I, I was trying to pay close attention anytime she, anytime Electra mentioned the dynamic, but I think it's like once or twice she talks about how it was her mother's business and how her father was controlling. And so it was like a revenge thing, but you don't hear much about what happened to her mother or um, just that that the motivation is to like this i i don't want to run this empire in the name of my father it i'm doing this for my mom right right 
that made me question M's involvement where I was like, so, but it early on, I was like, so is there a relation? Oh, they're just buddies. The whole thing makes me question M's involvement. As I've said, this is a really fishy episode for M and in our next one, she also doesn't treat bond very well, as you'll see in Diana. Actually, she's pretty rough on him for the next, the next couple. M never really treats bond very well. We could say that's because of all the, you know, this was a tender kind of hard time for her. So now she's kind of trying to tough it up. Sure. That's right. Be cold going forward. We haven't, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this and that, but to wrap up, let's get into Brazi as Bond a bit. We haven't really got into specifics about him. How's he, I, I guess we talked about him as an action hero. He does that really well. Does he do, are you believing him as a romantic? Uh, anything that stands, besides the quips, like obviously he delivers the lines like there's, like it's no one's business, but. I, I So I have zero notes for for bond on this one and i think uh we kind of talked about this with more in a different way i think uh a couple episodes ago with cat and heather of where like i don't notice him that much but it's in a really good way where like i don't have to like i'm not i'm not worried about how well he's portraying bond he's just being bond he's he's doing the funny stuff he he he's not a horrible kisser like with Roger Moore where that takes you out of it every fucking time. Uh, he just like, he's believable. He's, uh, you know, upset when he should be upset kind of. And then he does all I, the stunts, you know, I actually think he's like the outlier to me. He's the most unlike the rest of them, but I think that's in a good way. I, I don't disagree. Me. I just, yeah. he's a standout bond. Like, because he's so silly, but he also, he gets emotional. Like when he killed her and like leans over her, he does it in every movie. Like in the last one, when he's talking to uh, Natalia, but how uh, Trevelyan betrayed him and I'm going to have to murder him. And she gets all upset. Like he gets really serious, but then yeah. he is super silly and he can wear a tux and smoke a cigar and drink a martini. And then out of nowhere, completely fucking own a guy in that tux while drinking drinking a martini like he did in the casino scene in this one, which is when he disarms the guy and the bartender hands him his martini and he's like, <laughs> you know, he used the knife to pin him down uh, by his tie or whatever, then drinks the martini. It's such a badass move. Mm. Yeah. I feel like there's parallels with all the other actors and this guy, like I've often said, he's kind of a combination of Connery and more, but he's not really, he's so unique because mm-hmm. they're such different movies. They're such outliers. I guess Craig's are too. I clearly haven't completely formulated this thought, but he's he's unique. He's unique. I'll say that. It's interesting to notice the different ways uh, that confidence can be portrayed because I think with Brosnan, he, he feels super comfortable as Bond. Like, he, like you said, he's comfortable dressed up he's comfortable uh like he, he he's in a good place when he's doing action scenes and he uh, he and um bond and electra had great chemistry yeah. it, it was yeah. all just very comfortable yeah, where christmas yet. did not but that's because she's no, a terrible actress christmas thing but uh sophie merceau is an awesome actress the woman who played electra so yeah i agree they had great chemistry but um brosnan's confidence 
because James Bond does have to be a confident character, I think. For sure. With Brosnan, it's like he's so comfortable in his role. Um, I think other actors, yeah, it's it's just their confidence manifests a little bit differently, and and that seems to have a huge effect on how how, how that bond integrates into whatever story. Yeah. Yeah, they often say, like, uh, Roger Moore's first two, he was finding a stride, and he wasn't really the calm, confident, cool Bond that he became until Spy Who Loved Me. He had to do two. uh, Brosnan, however, right from GoldenEye on, like, he was born to play Mm -hmm. this part. He hits the ground running. He's just, he owns it. He was meant to be the Bond of the 90s, for sure. Like, he only did four, right? But he did, like you know, his full load in those four that Roger took seven to do or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, he could have possibly done three less and it would have been okay. Yeah, I agree. We would disagree which ones those are, but we both agree that there could be three less. Yeah. And we still got one to go, man. That's right. I was, yeah, the math didn't work out. That's why. Yeah. Before we fully wrap up here, we didn't talk about the song at all. Or the score at all. Yeah. The song of the title sequence as performed by the band Garbage. Garbage. I read that and thought, I got to see what else they have going on. Garbage band has put out. (laughs) I think this is one of my favorite Bond songs so far. It's like, sounds so like 90s alt. Yeah. I remember last week we were talking about, I was like, I think you'll dig this one. Have you heard of Garbage? Because Garbage is pretty respected. For alt rock, I don't. I don't know if I would recognize any of their stuff, but I'm gonna check it out. It's the first they one I've always, been like. I'm I should not, look up their songs. Like they're that. not. A, I'm not a music guy, as our listeners and you guys would know. But they were like, I was never into them. They were a little too cool for me, as far as music goes. People who liked music liked them. I didn't really follow as much. I didn't get it. Hmm. But yeah, it's a it's a good one. I it's one that I rock out to when I'm listening to my Bond playlist. It's it's mm-hmm. a goodie, it's, which is good because next week's is the worst one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> who, who does next? Oh, do week? you do you know? Die you don't day. know Adam. Oh, yeah, you're in for a treat. Oh no, that, you know. I don't know that that music video. It's something. Whoa. It. It's not just a bad Bond song. It's a bad song. It's not very listenable. It's it's peak early 2000s. I, I wonder Definitely. if there was ever a worse time culturally <laughs> than like 2001 to 2006 in the West. God. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> subjective. But I know. <laughs> but like, like just, I mean, that music, that music and like Len and NSYNC and bad and like Jack Bauer fucking 24 and we were the rise yeah, of reality TV and 9-11 and fucking around all bullshit okay, just don't lump in 9-11 society. with like well they, that caused it it was just well 24 it all started from that I mean sorry we don't do politics here <laughs> that was, I, I, I think it's safe to say that that's a decade where earnestness or like being keen and genuine kind of left the building yeah you could for for whatever reasons like we've gotten into such a 
uh, hyper ironic in the know eh, culture now, maybe. Speaking of politics. <laughs> Which you keep saying you don't do. Progressive conservatives will form the next Nova Scotia government. No, Too no. soon to say whether it will be a majority or a minority. Yeah, let's wrap up the podcast and then... Uh, <sighs> you, can, you can keep that in if you want. We're, we're slowly letting our fans know where we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm and not going to that in. But. Revealing our uh, politics at the end. So you're not going to leave that in? I just told you to leave it in. I don't yeah. mind them knowing my... <laughs> and then what do you do with this whole banter now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Don't edit that out. I'm cool with that. Or this. Any other final thoughts, kids? The heat signature sex. Hmm. Okay, I found there's a parallel. At the beginning, um, when he tells her to go after Electra, or no, sorry, when she tells him, when M tells Bond to go after Electra, she says to him, uh, follow, like, follow her like a shadow. And like shadows are always ahead or behind, never on top. And then at the end, we look at the heat signature map and we can't see Christmas. We just see Bond because he's on top of her. And it, and he's and it's super hot. What yeah, a, they're getting redder. What a beautiful way to wrap that up. What a great parallel. What they a, ended what, the movie with it. Yeah. Oh, like, did they ever? Christmas does come more than once a year. Turns out. <sighs> and on that note, follow us at 007 Bon Voyage on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, just 007bonvoyage at gmail.com. Send us some emails and some comments, some whatever. Yes, do it up. Thanks again, Billy. What a yeah, great contributor. Thank you for having me. It's a blast. Yeah, so much fun. What a guest. All right, well, bon voyage, folks. Bon voyage.